The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. It is negative eight degrees outside in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and I give Stephen all the credit in the world for showing up. I do it every it's, week. Happy yeah, New Year. It's, uh, and I don't, have, uh, I don't have much to offer you for doing it. I give you a cup of coffee. Well, your company. Uh, okay. You want st- stock in my company? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I did get uh, the new Spider-Man Marvel Legends, and they're... They're pretty dope. They're really yeah. amazing. This is um, uh, probably the coolest Spider-Man set uh, that I think I've seen in a while. It might be. The- Spider-Man in particular, has done a really great job with Marvel Legends. Um, X-Men's getting good, but X-Men will do like one set a year, and Spider-Man will do three. But they've done a really, really good job of mixing like classic and modern comic, and they're all comic. I mean, even Spider-Man Homecoming only had three movie figures in it. Yeah. It was... And it was two Spider-Mans and a Vulture, right? Yeah, that's it. And then the the Vulture's wings were the Build-A-Figure, because they were so huge. Right. Well, Um, they don't... You're not going to want like a uh, what's his friend's name? Yeah, uh, who wants to figure that dope? Oh, the Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds. No. Yeah, he'd be a builder figure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, guy in a chair. Yeah, and then there was an unmasked. Uh, there was a two pack, an unmasked Spider Man with uh, Iron Man from Homecoming. Oh, okay, that's cool. Because they did like the Ultimates armor Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which was basically the Civil War repainted because they didn't want to spend time figure, designing. Yeah. Um, but also in the movie, the movie is just the Civil War armor repainted. To be ultimate, yeah, which I never liked, but it, the uh, but it does come with an empty helmet, which is great. Okay, because it's like a dismissive. Where he goes, oh, I'm not here. Yeah, yeah you can put. He's in, in like uh, India or something. Yeah, at like a party. He has a switchable head from a helmet to an empty helmet. That's cool. Although with a closed helmet, it might be an empty helmet. Could be. But this new set is a build a kingpin. So they, which is the best kingpin figure I've ever seen. Yeah, that um, might be like one out of, of the, the best. three they've made. Yeah, I had one when I was a kid from the cartoon. Did you ever have that figure? Yeah, he had three points of articulation. Yeah, he was terrible. <laughs> he had he, he could throw people. Yeah, he was a throwing figure. He was a throwing. His, his hands were like flat palm down, and he went like this. And you could put like a little guy. Yeah, like he could hold the Spider Man on his in his hands, and then you press a little button, and he just like whips him. Yeah, <laughs> and he just threw him like on the ground, and then he could turn his head left or right, and that was that was it. Got. Yeah, and his I, legs didn't move. No, they had no articulation. They didn't even turn. No, they didn't even turn because <laughs> he had a waistcoat. Nothing, yeah. Uh, and that this, figure sucks. This is where our, our uh, age difference comes in. I was, because I'm Gen X, I was in college when that came out. Yeah. And I was still like, a kingpin? Yeah. And I think I was, I don't know how old I was when it came out. I was probably like eight, 
or something. Yeah, you were the and a- I was like, cool. We you got- were the agent was designed for. Yeah, definitely. And I thought it was awesome when I was a kid, but now it's like these Marvel Legends are bananas. It's they're they're insane. They've got a, a six arm Spider Man. Yes, which I've got here, and which is one of the worst figures they did back in the nineties. Right, because they did a. Six arm Spider Man, where the arms were just like kind of attached to. They were the, all kind of one arm. Yeah, but then they did do a doppelganger figure that wasn't bad. Oh, you ever remember yeah, that? Yeah. So they've tried it before, but this is like they've perfected it. It's like it's crazy. The engineering on this, they like they set the shoulders of the middle arm back a bit, and they yeah. hunched him over a little bit, so the arms don't get in the way of each other. And they all have like double jointed elbows, and they yeah. all have like posable wrists. Whoever designed this should be very proud. They did. A they really, really, really should good be. Yeah. Job on this. And there are people on the message boards complaining about him. They're Fuck like, those people. they're like, he doesn't have black lines on his costume. They're just scoped it in. He doesn't have. So people are complaining he doesn't have an ab crunch. They're like, you can't hunch him over. I'm like, there's six arms. Yeah, they coming figured out, out how to them. stick six arms on this guy. People are yeah. never happy. Yeah, but there's a it, there's a six arm Spider Man based on like Spider Man 100, so he's got kind of a Gil Kane look. Um, there is a new black cat from the last dance slot run. There's a silver sable who's a prominent, uh, character in the video game. There's, um, what could have been a great two pack just included here. Amazing Spider-Man 800, Umberto Ramis black costume and the red goblin. Yeah. Which who is, is the most terrifying thing <laughs> that's ever happened in Spider-Man since carnage. Yeah. I think we talked about this when the issue came out, but the Red Goblin is a character that people should hate. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because it's I, just I'll like, give you that. I, I should on paper, it sounds really, really dumb. It sounds as dumb as Spider Man and Doctor Octopus switch brains. Yes, <laughs> it sounds as dumb as that. And I'll give Dan Slott. Dan Slott is the guy that comes up with the worst sounding concepts for Spider Man, and then nails it. He fucking nails it yep. every time. Yeah, Spider Verse is like everybody is Spider Man. Sounds terrible. Spider Man's Tony Stark sounds terrible. Yeah. Spy- <laughs> every Spider Man from every reality meets each other and talks to each other. Right. Everyone in New York gets Spider Man powers. Yes. Every one of these stories sounds horrific, and, and they were all, all awesome. Yeah, but uh, the funny thing about so Red Goblin, uh, if you didn't listen to that episode, was. Norman Osborn uh, can't get his goblin suit back, so he gets the Carnage symbiote, and he just becomes Carnage. But because he's the Green Goblin, he has a symbiote make a glider and throw pumpkin bombs. Yeah, and he's just and he has a well because he still has I think like the Goblin serum. Well, he still has super strength, and he's still crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it it is a cool thing that they've kind of played with with the symbiotes recently, which is this idea that it's like they're very much affected by the psyches of the people that. Uh, are using them so right. if like you put the carnage symbiote on cletus cassidy he's a psycho murderer serial killer person so it becomes like a psycho murderer serial killer thing you put it on norman osborne it's same thing but now it's like he's such like hoped up on goblin juice yep. that it's like it becomes like this like goblin thing and they said that in the in spider-man 800 flash thompson uh Flash Thompson was Venom for a while, which I really liked when he was Agent Venom. And then they sent yeah. him into space with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was like, eh, I thought it was this. cool. The symbiote belongs in space half the time, you know? Mm. I don't mind it. Yeah, but I like, but he even says to Peter, he was like, look, I was able to control this thing. And, and it's he like really re- good. rehabbed it. Yeah. yeah, he rehabbed it. He's like, you're so emotionally needy yeah. and mercurial that it just freaked out, which is funny because those original stories, like the symbiote is clingy and needy and it seems desperate. Right. Like it has to be on, Sp- on Peter. It has to, and Peter's like, get off me. And it's like, no, I don't want to get off yeah. you. Yeah. And it's like, because Peter's such an emotional wreck. Uh, yeah, but Peter ends up getting, taking the black costume back 
to fight the Green Goblins. And Humberto Ramos did these crazy designs of the two of them. This would be a great $50 two-pack. And they just made them two figures in the set. Yeah. It, was it Humberto Ramos? I thought yeah. Stuart Amonin did the Goblin run. Um... Like, I'm 98% sure that I think Stuart did, Amonin did the Red Goblin story. I could look this up. I believe Amonin did, like, 698 and 699. I think Ramos did some of eight of 799. I think Ramos did some of 800 oh, okay. because it was a big book. Yeah, and like, Amonin, I... It, uh, yeah, there were chapters. But I think Ramos did the designs. Okay. Yeah, and then you see that a lot where, like, somebody designs the thing and then somebody else draws it based on scheduling and right. such. Yeah, well... Uh, I think the most famous story is that the Tim Drake Robin costume was designed by Neil Adams, who never drew it. Yeah. You know, it was like Norm Brayfogle and uh, right. Mike Wingo, who was. It's a great drew. costume design, it, too. It's the best Robin costume design, and yeah. I was always pissed when they left it behind. But yeah, yeah. Um, but Spider Man has been so successful where the Kingpin is would probably be the bestseller one. And they're like, nope, buy all of them to get the Kingpin. And yeah. they did that in a set with the Sandman. They did that in a set with a the Rhino. They did that in a and set those figures with... Were awesome and the last too. set was the Lizard. Yeah, and that Lizard was great too. I do kind of yeah. like a regular size person Lizard with like the... Well, he's not that... Face, he's not... Like the Ditko one with yeah, like a purple trench coat. He's got like a dinosaur face with a tongue. Yeah. Which uh, we already have Steger on. Yeah. But uh, he's not that big. He's just wider. And I'm yeah. okay Yeah, well, with I think that. a lot of it too is like these guys have like tails and shit. Yeah, you know. Well, that tail was one separate build a piece, right? So, um, but that's a, that's what I've been most excited about. It drove me crazy too because it's so cold here now. Um, as I said, it's gonna get colder. It's gonna get colder. We have another polar vortex, and they right. said it's uh, it's worse than a polar vortex. Uh, a friend of mine's friend of mine is a meteorologist. He's been a meteorologist in Chicago for twenty years. He says he's never seen anything like this. It's gonna be negative like thirty degrees on Wednesday with the wind chill. Yeah, it's but, but the actual temperature is gonna be negative fourteen. Right. Bananas. Which means that uh, I'm surprised they can't. They're not closing school yet. I'm, we were I'm told to for work that. at home on Wednesday. They're like work from home because it's like don't. Yeah, you know. I'm I'm kind of expecting my job to do that too, but um, we'll see what happens. But because of that, I haven't gone anywhere. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's terrible to go anywhere right now. <laughs> so I ordered this set from eBay, and then they delivered it really quickly. But then the post office wouldn't walk it up to my house. Yeah. And then I I asked for redelivery and. I was, all day yesterday, I was looking at my status, and it was like, your status is you asked for re-delivery. That was your status. Yeah, and, my, and Renee was out, so I was like, could you just stop by the post office? And then she texted me. She's like, yeah, they got it here. They're giving it to me. Oh, they cool. They were never going to deliver this thing. It's so cold. Yeah. That like, And it wasn't that big a box. Right. You know, it's seven Marvel Legends figures. Sure. Um, it's like a shipping case. They just weren't even going to deliver this thing to my house. Yeah, and it's like the post office is like down the street from you. You know, it's not like yeah. it's like miles away. No, it's so cold that uh, the second run theater, the Lagrange Theater yeah. here, is showing Into the Spider Verse, and we're all like, "Hey, let's go see Into the Spider Verse again." And we're just not going. Yeah. And what we ended up doing was uh, Voodoo had like some ninety nine cent rentals. Oh, cool. Uh, so we watched uh, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Deadpool yesterday. Oh. Because uh, I was like, you know what? It's worth 99 cents to see how this is different. Yeah. Is it the same movie but different? It is. There's probably 10 minutes of new footage. There's a couple of different jokes. Like um, there are little things like they relip synced in like hell for fuck. Oh, okay. Like things like that. Um, they cut away from the blood or they CG'd oh. out the blood. Like when uh, – spoilers for Deadpool 2 if you haven't seen it yet. When Juggernaut rips Deadpool in half – they just cut to like uh, Domino's reaction shot. Okay. And then they, they don't show his legs to where he goes, I can't feel my legs. Oh, here they are. So they 
they toned it down. It doesn't work as well. Yeah. It's not as good a movie. Um, the Fred Sta- Savage stuff is really funny. Yeah, see, that's the stuff that I think would be it was, interesting to it see. It was worth the 99 cents to see the Fred Savage stuff. I would not recommend that you had gone to the theater when it was out, which I was going to do, but then Into the Spider-Verse came out. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm not going to go see a movie that I didn't see in theaters the first time, a second time, because it's toned down and Fred Savage is in it. Yeah, I <laughs> you did. Know, it's I, like, I'll wait for the red box I or did see it. There's some really fun moments, because it's exactly like the trailer, where um, it just opens with Deadpool waking up Fred Savage. Yeah. And Fred Savage's like, wait, why am I... Did you rebuild the Princess Bride set? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I want to read you the story. <laughs> and he's like duct taped to the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's mostly just complaining about it. And uh, so they uh, they open with um, with when he's like running from the gangsters. And then he comes home to Marina Baccarin, to Vanessa. And then they cut. And like Deadpool's just waiting for waiting for him. And Fred Savage goes... Are you waiting for me to say, is this a kissing part? Because I'm not going to say that. I'm a grown man. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if people kiss. He's like, come on. <laughs> and there's just like little moments like that. My favorite moment as a as a geek. Uh, and spoilers, like I said, it's about 10 minutes. That's new. It's a great thing if like it shows up on Showtime next year. Right. It's a perfect thing. Like, oh, here's a version of Deadpool I haven't seen, but not worth running out to. But when Cable first appears, the movie stops and Fred Savage goes, wait a minute cables in this and Deadpool goes you got no cable he goes do I know cable son of Madeline Pryor and Scott Summers the clone of Jean Grey who was engineered by Mr. Sinister who was used as the body template for Strife who was sent into the future to stop Apocalypse came back and led X-Force and then became an X-Man himself he goes I hope you took all of that really precious backstory into heart in the movie and Deadpool goes we did time travel yeah. <laughs> it's uh so it, it was entertaining and it was fun for that and then uh I don't know the deal on Voodoo um, because it looked like there were a bunch of movies that were 99 cents and I was going to rent Venom because why? Uh, because Ben and Renee haven't seen it. They, oh, OK. They keep asking me questions about it, but it's $20 to buy on iTunes. And I'm like, someday Sony's going to drop this thing to 10. My guess is when Into the Spider-Verse comes out on iTunes. They'll do like a big Spider-Man sale. Yeah, because they made Homecoming 10 bucks a few times. Yeah. that I think what they'll do is... Uh, It'll be ten bucks, and I'll buy it for ten bucks. But then I, I couldn't, I could not find it for um, ninety nine cents anymore because I think, I think the deal was like you get one ninety nine cent rental, and we used it up. Um, so instead, we watched uh, Kids in the Hall until like eleven o'clock at night, yeah. which is available on nothing. So I had how did to you watch it. I had to pull out the DVDs. Oh well, I have all the DVDs. Still, yeah, have Netflix used to have the whole series, and now no one does. Like there is, uh, I, well, I found this. Out, uh, I, I don't know that we'll have a topic this week. <laughs> I found this on um, Unspooled, which I think I've talked about before, is a Paul Shears podcast where they review the 100 greatest movies ever made. Oh, So yeah. it's kind of the anti-how-did-this-get-made podcast. Sure. And he does it with a film critic who's really interesting. On his podcast last week, he mentioned there's a website called justwatch.com. You put in any movie, it'll tell you where it's streaming. Oh, that's cool. And it's really good, and it's like, you put in a movie and he goes, oh, this is on Hulu and this is on Netflix and you can buy it on Amazon Prime and you can buy it on iTunes. Yeah. Um, I put it in Kids in the Hall and they were like, you can buy it for $35 a season on Amazon Prime. That was yeah. it. Wow. There's a few things like that. The, um, right now I'm reading uh, Groucho Marx's autobiography on Kindle, which is great. And I have all the early movies on Blu-ray. And I so I got Duck Soup on iTunes. None of the other movies are on any kind of streaming 
whatsoever. Yeah. Nothing. Which is weird because the Blu-rays are not that old, but when Universal did the Blu-rays, they didn't bother making digital copies. That's crazy. So, yeah, there is this uh, theory, which I saw in a VHS documentary, that every time movies change media, we lose half the titles. So... When VHS came out, half the movies that were ever made never showed up on VHS. When DVD came out, half the VHS movies never showed up on DVD. That seems insane. Then when Blu-ray came out, half the DVDs never showed up. Well, what happens is these movies become less popular as they get older. Right. And then basically a studio's like, ah, it's not worth putting that on. So like, say, perfect example is, say like a crappy horror movie in the 80s. Okay. Um was probably in drive-ins for a week. Then they put it out on VHS. Then DVD comes along. Nobody really remembers this movie. Say a movie like Happy Birthday to Me. Never heard of it. Exactly. Um, There were like a bunch of Friday the 13th ripoffs in the early 80s. So say that comes out on DVD, uh, like, but it takes until 2005, you know? Yeah. Because it it gets to the point where like, how much money is this going to make? And it keeps getting pushed back because, well, Iron Man's coming out on DVD or Casino Royale is coming out on DVD. Yeah. And then they do the switch to Blu-ray. Now half the people that own the DVD aren't going to buy it again. So now there's all, there are all these small press uh, Blu-ray dealers. Like Warner has uh, Warner Archive where they'll like, they will uh, print the Blu-ray for you on order and it takes longer because they, they're not going to sit on a warehouse of this. But then you get to the point where something like Kids in the Hall is a great example where I had all of them on DVD and they were re-released on DVD a few times. And then um, they were shot. Uh, then they made a movie called Brain Candy, which is not good. <laughs> but it's the one Kids in the Hall movie. Um, I saw it in a very empty theater yeah. <laughs> when it came out with uh, Howie Weingarten has been on the show because we were devotees of Kids in the Hall. Um, we County Central back then uh when I was in college and you were uh a fetus. And yeah, you were eight. They would just rerun Kids in the Hall and Mystery Science Theater all day long and that's all we would watch. So we found out Kids in the Hall made a movie and we ran to it and no one else did. Yeah. They made a DVD. DVD is out of print. They never made a Blu-ray and it's streaming on nothing. This is a movie that was made in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, and you'll find it nowhere. Uh, there's a lot of movies like that. Yeah. Uh speaking of Netflix real quick. Yeah. Uh Maybe you talked about this, maybe not, but there's a... Uh, that Punisher season two is terrible? <laughs> nah, fuck that show. I'm not watching it. I finished it yesterday. It's not good. Um, Man on the Moon, they did this documentary with Jim yeah. Carrey. Uh, you watched this, right? Yes, uh, and that's a perfect example because I watched the Man on the Moon documentary and then Netflix didn't have Man on the Moon. <laughs> really? Yeah, I finished the documentary and I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen the Andy Kaufman movie in a long time. Uh, and they don't let's have watch it. it. They didn't have it. That's so weird. It's so weird. And I went to iTunes, and, and iTunes knew the documentary was coming out, and they were like, it's five bucks this week, so now I own it. Yeah. Um, all right, so you watched Man on the Moon, the movie. I saw it in the theater with How I Want to Garden. I saw it in the theater as well. And then... Uh, how old were you when you saw it in the theater? Um, I had to be probably like 12 or 13. Yeah, I mean, it, whenever it came out, I saw it. It's so. 99, like it's Christmas 99. So I'm um 13, I think. Surprised you went to that. Well, I really like Jim Carrey because we oh, watched okay. the Maze Ventura, we watched The yeah. Mask, uh, I Liar the, Liar. I love the Cable Guy. 
Yeah, I, I hated it as a kid because it was like not funny and very dark. <laughs> See, I liked it because I was 24. Yeah. And uh, I was living with Jimmy Dowd and we were drinking all the time. And I yeah. thought it was just like, yeah, dark and crazy. <laughs> um, I, I think if you go back to that movie, it's aged much better than a lot of his movies. Yeah. I would rather watch The Cable Guy than Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Uh, I'd rewatch them both, <laughs> but I, I also haven't seen Ace Venture or The Cable Guy in probably 15 or 20 years. Um, all right. So I watched the documentary on the making of Man on the Moon. Yeah. Where Jim Carrey kind of goes crazy. Was he doing a bit? I think it was a gray area where even he didn't know. He's, I feel like he's an odd guy, but he's not as weird as he tends to be. I think because uh, he had a really interesting, uh, you know that Norm MacDonald has a show on Netflix? Vaguely. His talk show. He was doing it as a YouTube podcast first. Yeah. Jim Carrey did one of those, refused to sit, and just leaned on the table for two hours. And he, and he like talks about philosophy. And there's that great clip, which uh, he's at like some fashion Yeah, show, I think I saw And he this. just comes up, he's like, none of this matters. He's like, I'm not here. None he's of like, us are here. Yeah, I love that. Like, people think that he's weird about that. What I think is, I think he has this impulse, and I think he just goes, I'm Jim Carrey, I can get away with saying it. Yeah. Because like, I was watching this documentary, and the whole time I'm just kind of thinking, like, he's doing, like, a Kaufman bit, you know, where he's, like, trying to... I think it was partially he's doing a Kaufman bit, and partially he was like, this is when I get my Oscar, so I gotta throw myself into this. Did he get an Oscar for it? No. Did he get nominated? He may have gotten nominated. He didn't... He did not... He did not get an Oscar for it. But I think going into it, he was like... Oh, he thought he could get an Oscar for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of Oscars... You know they wanted Nicolas Cage to be... Oh, actually, I would have really loved to see that. There's an alternate universe where that movie exists. I'd like to go see that I don't that think movie. I'd like it as much. No, I would definitely wouldn't like it as much. It'd be like, I want to see how bad that would have been. Yeah, well, the, yeah. Nicolas the, Cage sucks. Yeah, but this is at the point where he didn't suck yet. Like, Yeah, didn't he always kind of suck, though? No, he has a couple Oscars. Why? Because uh, he's that one guy's cousin or whatever. Leaving Las Vegas. He got the Oscar for that when he drinks himself to death. Never seen it. Uh, I saw that in the theater. I think Nicolas Cage sucks. He does now. I think he always did. Yeah. I think he was somebody's cousin or nephew oh, or he whatever. Oh, he is. He's, uh, he's like the cousin of the Coppolas. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like he's I think connected. Cage is actually like his stage name for Coppola. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he's like Johnny Depp where he was like, he was okay. Then he was really interesting. Then he went off the rails. Yeah. Um, he's good at as the uh, Spider Verse, uh, uh, Spider Man Noir. Oh yeah, and he's Superman and Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah, that makes sense. Which His is, dream come true. Yeah. Exactly. Um, speaking of the Oscars, but wait, we were talking. Uh, I know our, we're so good at getting off topic, but yeah. you were talking about the Jim Carrey documentary. Oh, I just thought he was doing a bit. Oh, okay. I wanted to know what you thought about it since you had seen it. And I, I thought think, maybe you because you read into stuff. You know I think what it's sixty forty. Yeah, I, th- I think he was trying to be a very serious actor. Yeah. And uh, I think he has. I think he got lost in the role, but he let himself get lost in the role because he knew there'd be no consequences for that. Right. Like he knew he wasn't going to. He went to like the hospital because like he with him and Jerry Lawler were doing a thing. Yeah. Just like Kaufman did. But he knew he wasn't going to ruin his career by being like a a crazy weirdo. Yeah. On the set. You know, it's the only thing that ruins your career in Hollywood is not making money. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when he made things like the number 23, that's why that's why he has a Showtime show now. Jim Carrey. Kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw him talk about it. The first ones on YouTube was really interesting, but I, not enough for me to subscribe to Showtime to see the Yeah. I think he's- Like Michelle Gondry did it. And he's having some kind of uh, struggle with reality. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And I think maybe it started with that movie, but I, I feel like this movie, they had all this extra footage. They, it came out so much later. I was like, it does seem kind of like they were trying to do a bit and then maybe got a little lost in it, but it was still all a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. I, I think it's 60-40. Yeah, it was worth watching. It's interesting. That's a good movie. Yeah. Man on the Moon's interesting. The yeah. documentary's interesting. Jim Carrey's an interesting guy, too. It's like he does have good ideas about things, I think. Yeah, I, I still like him. Yeah. He's not like one of those guys that like went bananas and you're just like, enough of this guy. Like Johnny Depp, you're just po- like, go away. Go yeah, anywhere no. from, away from here. Well, it was also like the the weird stuff we found out about Johnny Depp was like, was like oh, he's he's an asshole. Right. Like Jim Carrey's just like, oh, he's even weirder. Right, he's just like a weird guy. There's nothing wrong with being a weird guy. Yeah, he's had some odd relationships, but none of them have come out and said he's done terrible things. To right. Um, so the topic uh, was going to be Oscars. All right, because Black Panther is the first superhero movie that has been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. That came out, the Oscar nominations came out this week. For the most part, they're the Golden Globe nominations. No real no surprises. surprises. Yeah. Except Black Panther was not nominated for Best Picture at the Golden Globes. Do you think it's like uh, it was nominated because people were like, yeah, this movie's really good? Or you think it was nominated as like uh, Placate the Masses? Placate the Masses. I think yeah. um, the Oscars has struggled with ratings for a while. Yeah. And especially this year, I mean, they have no host. Yeah, you were Kevin saying. Hart, Kevin Hart dropped out. Because yeah. he refused to apologize about, like, a joke or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He had, like, homophobic jokes, and he was yeah. like, I made those jokes 10 years ago. And Ellen was like, yeah, he made those jokes 10 years ago, but the Oscars were still gun-shy. So apparently there's going to be no host, which they've done before. Does it work? Uh, no. <laughs> they did it in 1989, and um, I just read an article, I think it was in Vanity Fair, where it was one of the worst Oscars they ever did. Wow. Where they just threw anything at the wall, and apparently... Um, uh, apparently Rob Lowe sang Proud Mary to a woman dressed as Snow White. What? That was like the opening. Yeah, and and uh, they interviewed Rob Lowe about that today. He was like, oh yeah, that did not go well. Yeah. And they were like, why did you do it? He was like, I trusted the producers of the Oscars. Yeah. And you know, Rob, Rob Lowe- uh, He had a rough patch. He had a rough patch. I he, actually, I really like Rob Lowe. Because it's like, he's not, I don't think he's like, maybe he is, I don't know. You don't hear any bad stories of him being a jerk. It's like the guy got lost in like drugs and alcoholism. Yeah, he, like, like, he had a sex tape. and Yeah, so was everybody else. But you know, he he really managed to write his career because first with the West Wing. Yeah. And then Parks He was really good on that. He yeah. was really good on that. And he was great on Parks and Rec. Yeah. And then- um, I, I think of him as that, his character on Parks and Rec. I think that's yes. his character, like yeah, him in real super life. super positive. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the show was good, but it didn't last. Uh, to bring things full circle, he had that show with Fred Savage last year called The Ringer. Oh, and I was, never heard of it, never watched it. It was on Fox. It was an interesting premise. It had a lot of Always Sunny people in it, so I think it came from that. Fred Savage directed a lot of Always Sunny. Yeah. Um, And it was about, uh, Fred Savage was a lawyer, and, and but his brother was the favorite brother, and his brother played a lawyer on a TV show. And then the TV show is canceled. Then he moves back in with them, but he's like constantly trying to tell Fred Savage like how to how to be a lawyer. But all he knows is TV, TV lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And it's he's that deluded kind of Chris yeah. Traeger. And I saw a few of them, and it was it was, it was good. Yeah, didn't last, but that didn't make it bad. Right. Uh, yeah. So the so I think this is to placate the masses. The because they expanded the nominations for Best Picture from five to ten. Because they realized what was happening was 
they were not nominating anything that was popular because there was an elitist view of like, oh, these big Hollywood movies, these aren't good. We have yeah. to nominate these indie films. No one's ever heard of or watched. No one's ever heard of. So nobody would watch the show because they're like... I'd never seen these movies. Well, the thing about the Oscars that people forget is that um, it's a big betting pool. You know, um, every Oscar party I ever went to, we used to go to tons of them. Yeah. Um, is that you walk into most Oscar parties and they give you... Uh, a checklist and uh, my friend Elaine who's been on the show um, has the best Oscar party ever and she has it every year and we take bets and they had some prizes it's like you we know we used to like, do it when we were kids we would bet on it with like my parents yeah she had, and she would put out like a bottle of champagne or some candies that she found something something nice but whoever got the most things right at the end of the party would get to go home with it yeah and that's what people tune in for people People watch the Oscars like it's a sporting event. Right. They want something to root for. And if they don't, it's like the Super Bowl. If you don't care about either team that gets in the Super Bowl, the chance of you watching the Super Bowl drop dramatically. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a placating thing. The big backlash was 10 years ago when they did not nominate The Dark Knight, which to this day, people consider a classic. Yeah, well, they they nominated and Heath Ledger won, right? For Heath best Ledger actor? won for best actor, or supporting but, actor, but the film was not nominated for right. best picture. And the um, the last time a movie this popular was nominated for best picture was Return of the King, and it won everything, right? Um, because they held off on giving any Lord of the Rings awards for the first two movies, which were arguably better. Yeah, it was nominated. Yes, it was nominated for a few things for the first two. I remember Ian McKellen being nominated for the first film. And he didn't win, which is a shame because he's the best in that first one. Yeah. Because his Gandalf the Grey is a much more interesting character than his Gandalf the White. Well, he's a lot more to do in the first one, too. Yeah, but he had just had a lot more personality. He had a lot more quirks. Um, That was also the first time my wife got super mad at me for spoilers because uh, I was so upset that Ian McKellen didn't win that I said, the only reason they didn't give him the Oscar is they think they have two more chances. And then my wife, who did not read the books, looked at me and went, but he's dead. Oh. And I was like, and there are lots of flashbacks? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but then to get revenge, Toy Biz was putting out the Lord of the Rings figures, which are as good as Marvel Legends. Yeah, those by the figures way. are crazy. Yeah, I don't know what they go for on the secondary market, but I bought all of them and they're in a bin. Um, but I got the Gandalf the White before the two towers came out and I chased her around the apartment with it. <laughs> it was like, look at me, I'm back. And they still had the action features like that kingpin throwing thing. Yeah. And he could, uh, if you pull a lever on his back, he shakes his staff at you. Oh. And I was like, look, he shakes his staff. That's a spoiler. At some point in the movie, he shakes <laughs> his staff it. at He's someone. He's shaking it. <laughs> but uh, Return of the King won everything and that was the highest rated Oscars. Yeah. For years because everybody had seen that movie and they liked it and wanted it to win. So I... I don't think Black Panther's going to win. I don't think so. I don't think it's the greatest movie ever. I think it's really... Yeah, it's really good. It's one of the best Marvel movies. It's really good, and it's really different. And I think, um, politically, it's an important film. Yeah. Because um, not only is it, you know, an African-American characters and um, an African-American director and... And the writers. uh, Yeah, and so pro-African culture, the way... Like, they put Wakanda in your face in a way that they didn't put space I don't in think, Guardians of the Galaxy. I could be mistaken, but I don't think there's a single scene in that movie that takes place in America. There is not. That's awesome. There is not. When, um, where's the casino? It's in, like, South Korea. Yeah. No, it isn't. I mean, most of it's from Wakanda. 
Right. Oh, and even because... They're in Europe. Killmonger's American. We're never in America. The museum. Oh, the museum's the in opening, London, isn't it? The opening's in America. It's in uh, California. Oh, right. Of course. In the, in, right. In really the, tiny. In the ghetto. Yeah. yeah. And it's the framing sequence. And then he comes back and he buys the building. Right. But you're, but you're right. I think it's really important in this for diversity. And it is a really good movie. I mean, it's not Meteor Man. Right. Well, you know? good big budget movie. And I mean bananas setting and it's also uh, and it's also not spawn where it's um i mean spawn's terrible but where michael j white is the main character but everybody else is white yeah like the director the screenwriter yeah there's one white guy in this whole movie and it's the guy from the hobbit yep no two because oh right because the two plays but he plays a south african yeah yeah the yeah so i think i'm glad it got nominated and i think yeah i think it will get people excited i don't think it's gonna win um, but this is also one of those years I watched all the Golden Globes and I hadn't really seen any of the, I hadn't seen any of the movies that were nominated and I didn't feel at the end of it that I needed to go see them. Yeah. You know, it's like these movies look interesting. Things like Green Book. I'm like, oh, that looks like a good movie. Or the favorite. I wanted to see I'll probably Vice. never get to him. The Dick Cheney. Oh yeah. The Dick Cheney. That and got like, nominated. Yeah. It's like all of them I respect that I'm yeah. like, oh, I like this person in it. I like this director. Right. That sounds like an interesting topic. This movie looks well made. But honestly, in the, in these days of not watching cable television yeah. much, I'll probably never see these movies. And I think that's the thing is we've always talked about this is like there's so much like stuff coming out. It's hard to keep up on everything. I couldn't really name any more things that got nominated. You know, it's like the Into the Spider-Verse got nominated for Best yeah, Animated. It, and it, I think that might win. It won the Golden Globe. It, oh, did it? That's awesome. It won the Golden Globe for Best Animated. It's not nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. Best Animated. But it, that's what it should win. But the, the stunning thing about it winning Best Animated, which seems like a minor award, is it beat Incredibles 2. No one has ever beaten Pixar to yeah. the Oscar. Like every Pixar movie has won an Oscar. Right. You know, um, there have been times where they put out two movies and the crappier movie didn't get nominated. Sure. But like Pixar always wins. Yeah, but I think the thing is like um, I watched The Incredibles. That's a really good movie. But we've seen movies that look exactly like The Incredibles. I've never seen yeah. a movie that looked For like For example, we've Into seen the, the Incredibles. Right, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's good, but it's not different. Like right. Into the Spider-Verse is a better movie and it's just so much so more different. original. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, we did a whole episode about it, but as a big Spider-Man fan, it's it goes to the same place as the Lego Batman movie, but where the Lego Batman movie is is making fun of Batman in a playful way. Where, yeah. where Lego Batman movies like, yeah, that part about Batman is pretty stupid. But yeah, don't we all like Batman? Right. Into the Spider-Verse is, goes out of its way to go like, aren't all these things about Spider-Man really great? Yeah. Like down to like, look at that crappy popsicle. Yeah. L- like there's a love for Spider-Man that's not in the Lego Batman. Yeah. Movie. It's kind of layered. Oh, so the, like the Lego Oh, and the movie... Lego movie 2 is coming out yeah. in a couple weeks. So that's getting a sequel. And this might and not Batman's in it. be real, but- mm-hmm. Is the Big Lebowski getting a sequel? Uh, Did you see that? There is a viral video. Yeah, I saw Jeff Bridges posted it, and it's just Jeff Bridges dressed as the dude today. Um, They said it's happening in February. What most people think it is, and I'm inclined to agree, is a big Super Bowl ad where Jeff Bridges plays the dude. Because the timing of it... Is the Super Bowl? Is a Super Bowl. So it's like... It'll be a Some advertise... Yeah. Okay. Like, like there's... it's. I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's like cores. Yeah. <laughs> like hire Jeff Bridges 
to, to be, do the dude. Yeah, and Jeff Bridges being Jeff Bridges would be like, yeah, man, it sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, by the way, he won the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes, and man, his speech was great. Was it? Oh, my God, yeah. He was high as a kite and enjoying everybody. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I want to go see that now. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll look him up. Yeah, Jeff Bridges is a national treasure. Jeff Bridges should have to speak to the nation once every two weeks. Yeah, I think that's that's that would be awesome. It'd be so much so comforting. Oh, it'd be such a breath of fresh air after everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, um, we have a government again. Well, we have a government again, and we and we arrested Roger Stone this week. Yeah, which is good. Uh, last night, <laughs> who who? Let's take a minute. I didn't know anything about this guy. Dresses this, like the penguin. He dresses like a a, a Batman sixty six supervillain, and he has a tattoo of Ronald Reagan on his back. Or yeah. uh, not Reagan, the Crick Nixon. We are dealing with guys that are so out of touch that <laughs> you don't so think crazy. anybody's going to be that out of touch. Well, you heard. The, you Where heard, do they find these guys? No, you heard Trump's financial advisor was like. Was like oh, taking food from food banks. Why don't they just apply for loans at banks? What a piece of shit! Yeah, th- well, these people have no uh, connection to the common man whatsoever. Nor do they want one, right? Um, but last night on Saturday Night Live, Steve Martin played Roger Stone. Oh yeah, that that and uh, he actually did a really really good. He did a really funny impression. It was Steve Martin at his uh, at his height. And Steve Martin's, you know, he's not what he used to be, but he's yeah. still really good. Um, there was one really tight joke where um, uh, was one of the cast members was playing um, Tar- Tucker Carlson, and he says something, and Steve Martin goes, pardon me? He goes, oh, let me repeat that? No, I, w- I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Trump. Pardon me! Oh. <laughs> yeah, Steve Martin's great, too. Yeah. Did it- you ever watch him, him and, um, who's that guy that's less popular than him that's kind of like a Weasley-looking guy? Oh, he and Alec Baldwin hosted the Oscars. Oh, see, why didn't they get those guys back? Yeah, I think it didn't do that well. Steve Martin was a really good host because Steve Martin had a lot of dignity, which I think you yeah. I think you need to host the Oscars. Like it's tough when you cuz when you get a guy like Chris Rock or David Letterman uh or probably how Kevin Hart would turn out. Yeah. Those guys are so in your face that they kind of fly against what the show should be. Right, because it's all this like pomp and... Yeah, or they get Seth MacFarlane, which, let's face it, is not a great comedian or a great actor. He was an animator that got very, very successful. Yeah. To the point where he just decided he was Captain Picard last year. Yeah, which I hear that show is awesome. I know, but I cannot take Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people, because they don't like... He's not a very popular fellow, as much as he is a popular fellow. But I heard the show is so good that people are like, nah, it's like the... It's and awesome. I'm the big Star Trek guy. I want to go back to that. I want to go back to Discovery Season 2, which I hear is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Orville is on Hulu, and I keep looking at it like, mm, should I? And Adrian Palicki's on it, and she was great in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. I was like, who is that? Oh, yeah, that's that girl. Yeah, well, the funny thing was she was supposed to... She was Mockingbird. She was supposed to get her own show. She was supposed to get her own show, and then uh, ABC didn't pick up the pilot, and then the next thing you know, she was in the Orville. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people that like it, but they're also people that like family guy and i can't yeah and uh he was just on mark maron and i'm like all right let me give this guy an hour i love mark maron and let me find out what this guy's all about and at the end of it i was like "Eh, i guess he's not really about that much yeah you know uh but yeah yeah steve martin was a great oscar host in the same way that johnny carson was a great oscar host uh conan o'brien hosted the grammys a couple of times yeah really good um, I think somebody like Stephen Colbert was really good. Somebody's yeah, it's weird. Like that, Stephen Colbert's never hosted the Oscars. That seems like kind of like a no brainer, doesn't it? Well, they say it's not a good gig. Yeah, I've heard that it's kind of like uh, there's no real like it's not like a good career move to do it because it's like 
it's never it's never going to enhance your career to host the Oscars. Winning an Oscar, you get like a big raise yeah. and all this stuff if you win an Oscar. But it's like hosting is just kind of like you either kind of forget that that person did it or they did a terrible job. Right. Um, and from what I've heard, it's a ton of work. Yeah. It does not pay well. Right. And you're right. It doesn't give you a boost. So they take somebody... They take somebody that has a lot of name recognition and then they host them, but they don't get anything out of it. They just kind of go back to what they were already doing. Right. Um, you know, Seth MacFarlane is not a more famous person because he hosted the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, nor is Chris Rock. Um, David Letterman famously bombed. David Letterman bombed? David Letterman hosted once. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. But uh, what I was saying about Dignity, he made the classic mistake where he just treated it like it was... The Late Show with David Letterman. Yeah. And he didn't read that room. He came out and he did his kind of bits. Um, the most famous bit was he came out in the opening of his monologue. It was very Letterman. And I love Letterman. But he goes, he, he's like, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm hosting Oscars. This is something I've wanted to do my entire life just so I could do this. Oprah? Uma. Uma? Oprah. And they cut to like Uma Thurman and Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And he just liked the sound of those words. And he did it for an hour. Oh, wow. He did it for an hour. He's like, welcome back to the Oscars. Oprah, Uma, and people hated it. Wow. And what year was this? 90s, mid-90s. Yeah. Um, it was actually, I was reading the biography on Letterman, um, which was fantastic. And that really hurt him because he was on a high because he had just taken the CBS show. Yeah. Uh, it was beating Jay Leno, and that was after the whole war between who was going to get the Tonight Show, Letterman or Leno. And he was consistently on a high. And then two things happened. He bombed at the Oscars, yeah. which he took really hard. And then um, it didn't hurt his ratings, but he was so depressed that he bombed that hard that he was terrible on his own show. Yeah. Like he just walked through it not caring. Wow. And then that hurt the ratings. And then Leno got Hugh Grant right after he got the blowjob. And then, like, so Leno was on top of the news. Hugh Grant, or what? The Hugh Grant. Blowjob? Yeah, you never, wow, this is 90s news. So Hugh Grant, after he did Four Weddings and Funeral, he was poised to be the next big thing. And he yeah. made that movie Nine Months with Julianne Moore, where, like, he's dating Julianne Moore and she's pregnant. And it was like a Chris Columbus kind of romantic comedy. Okay. And then, Yeah, because Hugh Grant was, like, huge for a while, right? Yeah. Well, I he was seeing him in a lot of movies. He was this big British star, because yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral crossed over. Yeah. Uh, Four Wings and Funeral was- I the, think I've seen that. That's good. It was the first Richard Curtis movie. And Richard Curtis, until that point, was known for working with Rowan Atkinson. So I was a, I was a big fan of Richard Curtis because The Black Adder is one of my favorite shows that has ever been yeah, made. Yeah, it's a great show. In fact, I watched it last night on Amazon Prime on Hulu. It's on both of them for free. Um, and those were written by Richard Curtis and Ben Elton. And Ben Elton created The Young Ones. Uh, which is another show I love with Rick Mayall. Um, so I love. They came out of that '80s alternative comedy. Okay. And then in the '90s, this was like his first mainstream romantic comedy. And then that pigeonhole to where he just wrote a ton of those, like Notting Hill, and he wrote one of the. Uh, oh my God, the uh, the big wedding one, Love Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Which people hate now. <laughs> That, that movie they hate now? Yeah, it's like one of those where like, how bad is this movie? I see like Pichiba and Daily Beast. That's the one with the guy articles. from The Walking Dead. Everybody's and he in does it. Like yes, the there's sign. a meme of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like Alan Rickman has a story and Liam Neeson has yeah, a story. Yeah. And there's like, it was the first romantic comedy that had like 40 people in it. Yeah. Um, because he basically wrote like, 
He re- oh, the one guy's he in basically, it. He's awesome. He the, basically wrote like nine episodes of a series and made him one movie. The father-in-law from Shaun of the Dead's in it. He's awesome. He's like a rock star. Oh, yeah. He's an aging rock star. Yeah. 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 Uh, Christmas is all around us. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's like a good movie, He's right? also, yeah, he was also in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. He was David Jones. the squid person. Yes. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name, but he, yeah, he's great. But uh, yeah, Rich Curtis wrote that, but Hugh Grant starred in Four Ends of Funeral. That became okay. big everywhere. Hugh Grant was the biggest thing going. Yeah. And then uh, the night before the premiere, Nine Months, which was this like heartwarming family comedy. And this was at the point where Julianne Moore was going to be the big thing too. Um, and she and she still works all the time. She was, we just finished 30 Rock this week. She's all over that show. Who is she in 30 Rock? The redhead from Boston that was dating Jack. Oh, okay. Yeah, She's yeah, in yeah. The Big Lebowski. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, she's great. <laughs> yeah. Vagina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe the funniest word yeah, in that whole movie. That's great. Um. But they were starring in that, and it was supposed to be this big hit. And the night before the premiere, he got arrested in North Hollywood for getting a blowjob from a crack whore. And he was dating Elizabeth Hurley at the time. Oh, my God. What on earth was he Who doing? Who still, I watched. Yeah, it's I, incredible. That's, was the, that was the reaction of the world. And that, but then the next, he was already booked on The Tonight Show to promote Nine Months. And he came out in Jay Leno just immediately as he sat down and said, what the hell were you thinking? And it was like the first time The Tonight Show was credibly topical. Yeah. So everybody tuned into that, tuned out of Letterman and just stopped watching Letterman. And that's when Leno started. And Letterman went into a tailspin for a while until a heart attack. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't even know he had a heart This is really becoming a very different kind of podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he had, or no, no, I'm sorry. He didn't have a heart attack. He went in and he had like a quintuple bypass. Yeah. But he said it was close and he took... He took like a couple weeks off and they did this really cool thing where they had guest hosts and it was all like 90s alternative comics that he liked. So like Bob Odenkirk hosted one night. Oh, that's cool. And Jeannie Garofalo hosted one night. But what they did was they put um, they put school desks in front of his desk, like, uh, you know, with the desk attached to the seat. Yeah. And the host and the guests had to sit in that and they put police tape over oh, that's cool. Dave's desk. Uh, and then when he came back, everybody was kind of like, you're a national treasure. And then he he kind of had his place. Yeah. And I love his Netflix show now. Yeah, He's, it's cool. That beard that everyone hates that he... Let him have a beard. He I know. He he has it because you hate it. <laughs> That's yeah. why he has it. He, he likes your reaction. He likes that people don't like looking. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I love his Netflix show, and I think he's doing what he wants. Yeah, good but, for him. But he's a perfect example of somebody who you assumed hosting the Oscars would, would be, be like a no-brainer. And it really hurt him yeah. for years. So, so like, nobody wants to do it, which is why what happened was when they dropped Kevin Hart... They couldn't get anyone to fill in. Nobody wanted it. Isn't that weird? And, 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 they were to, and I, there were a lot of memes going around where they were talking to, admittedly, C and D level with celebrities that I would love. They talked to like Billy Eichner and Bruce Campbell. Oh. People were tweeting like, you host the Oscars. And they were like, sure, but yeah. they're not going to no ask gonna, me. Yeah, see, and I think that's the thing is like the Oscars, they kind of suck in the sense. Well, they suck a lot. You have to be famous already. Yeah, it's like they're not going to let a guy like Bruce Campbell, who would probably have a lot of fun doing it, maybe. Yeah. And people, I think, yeah, most people aren't going to care because a lot of people aren't going to know who he is. But it's like, I'd like it. But how, you know? And how funny would that be for this guy who only makes B-movies that are under the radar? Right, to who, do the Oscars. Like, the closest he's gotten to Hollywood royalty is, like, the cameos in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, for him to host the whole thing of, like, yeah, here's more young people, more famous than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, It'd be great. Yeah, so I, so I do think, um, while the nominations were probably... We're way in advance, and, and they're based on votes yeah. from the community. Um, I do think nominating Black Panther is a way to get people interested because they don't have a host. Yeah. 
So, and they're not like um, I don't know anything about how the stuff works. Do you think it'd be we we'd, we'd get to this point where it's like with the Oscars, it's like it gets because they can't get a host, they like just wouldn't do the Oscars. Like they're never no, not going to no. do the Oscars. No, what they're going to do is. I mean, to not basically what you do is if you don't have a host, which they've done, and it sounds like what they're going to do, unless at the 11th hour, they're like, John Mulaney, hey, everybody, Chris Elliott is hosting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. John Mulaney and Nick Kroll offered to host and they didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, again, would have been great because those two guys are hilarious. Well, that's the other thing is in this segmented, uh, segmented entertainment landscape, who's famous enough now? Like, Conan O'Brien just this week had to cut his show down to half an hour. Yeah. Like, who's the big guy? Well, you and I were discussing this off the show. Like, who's, who's been the biggest comedian? Yeah, I thought it was... He, I thought John Mulaney was, like, the... Like, somebody has to be at the top of the heap, and I felt like it has to be John yeah, Mulaney. John Mulaney's not at the point... I love John Mulaney. Um, I've said it many times, which is to the point of name-dropping, but John Mulaney used to do my show when he was on stand-up. He was always the best guy. Yeah. Always really funny. Deserves everything. Love that he was in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but he's not a guy that sells out stadiums, and he's not a guy that makes movies. Like, right. You don't his ha- show got canceled. You don't have John Mulaney falling in love with Emma Stone movies. Right. That's the big guy. It's like Kevin Hart... It's probably yeah, that it's, guy. It's got to be Kevin Hart. It was right? Amy Schumer, I think. Um, uh, Amy Amy Schumer's had a, oh. had a couple of movies that didn't do well. But, uh, like, yeah, I don't know who that... I don't know if we have that guy right to now. To completely sidetrack... Go ahead. And I have a sidetrack here. You know who should host the Oscars? Bill Murray. Yeah, he won't. I know he won't. Are they he, making... sat in, he sat in the front of the Golden Globes and just smiled at everybody, and he presented. Yeah. But he's not going to want to. He's great. Are they making a third Ghostbusters movie? They're always talking about it. Yeah. No, I um, think I've seen like a trailer. Oh, yeah. In fact, well, they, they're making a fourth Ghostbusters movie, but it has no connection with the female one. Right. Because Paul Feig- They're making a sequel to the Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray Ghostbusters. Yeah, and apparently they're going to be in it, but they've been, but Dan Aykroyd has been talking about this. But I saw like, uh, there's like a barn, and there's music, and the camera's going up really low, just like a Ghostbusters yeah. shot, and they go to like uh, the barn, and you can hear the power pack sound effects in the background. Oh, I haven't seen this. And then there's a tarp on a car, and the tarp blows, and you see the Ecto-1 under the tarp, and huh. it's all like old and beat up. See, this is one of those things, this is like Todd McFarlane new spawn movie where the guy has been talking about it Forever. for so long it's hard to like believe it it's happening yeah it's it's chicken I little sworn i saw like even like a and it, a set photo of bill murray in a ghostbusters costume that i don't know what i do know is that paul feig uh came out this week and with a statement that said yeah the new one has nothing to do with the one the female ghost the female one that That's he directed and he's like he's is... like i'm really sorry we didn't get to do another one i'm still really proud of that movie yeah but yeah it, that movie has been swept under the rug and that movie was fine yeah i still haven't seen it um, i wanted to because i heard chris hemsworth is chris really good, hemsworth is and i ho- like all those girls chris hemsworth is hilarious in it he chris hemsworth is the funniest thing in it yeah because he's so bizarrely random and, and honestly if ghostbusters did nothing else it gave us thor ragnarok yeah, I think it And Men in Black International looks great. Yeah, and I, I think Men in, Thor Ragnarok gave us Men in Black International. Yeah, the amount of a Men in Black movie I want to see without Tommy Lee Jones is so minimal. I mean, even without Will Smith, I, I would take one with Tommy Lee Jones and somebody else. Yeah. But, oh, oh, but I, think I want to see this movie. I think they're making a sequel to Bad Boys. With Will Smith and, and Martin, uh, Martin Lawrence? Lawrence, I think so. I think there's a third. Uh, is it I the third? I think there's a third Bad Boys movie coming out. I think we're in a point now where everything is going to get a sequel, 
again. Well, there's been this trend for the last 10 years of um, of middle-aged action stars. Yeah. Where all the middle-aged action stars came back to do the one last, I'm an old guy, and did yeah. it. And it was all around the late aughts, because we got Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. We got Live Free or Die Hard. We got Rambo 4. Right. And then... Uh, there was kind of a Terminator with Schwarzenegger. Um, right? There was a CG... Terminator. That was the one with Christian Bale at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Schwarzenegger came back to do Terminator Three. That's like 2003, and then after that, he was just like, "I'll be go be go be governor." Yeah. Um. But then it continued because Men in Black Three was kind of that, and then Will Smith. You could. I like Will Smith, but I I get this feeling from Will Smith that he's looking to get back on top. And he hasn't done it because it was like, I'll do another Men in Black. Like, all of them go, I'll return to my big franchise. Right. And make another one of those. To and see then, if it can. To, yeah. Or at least, and I'll say goodbye with that or I'll get back on top with that. Yeah. And, you know, they've all been varying quality. Like, out of those movies I mentioned, which do you want to see again? Um, uh, even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's not a great movie. No, that movie's not great. No. Though, uh, Elliot uh, Serrano posted on Twitter or mm. Facebook, whatever, I'm on Instagram, and I, I guess the next Indiana Jones movie, I didn't even know this because I never watched it, the young Indiana Jones show, they had an older actor playing an old Oh, Indiana yeah, Jones. but he's like had an eye patch and he was really old. Yeah, yeah. and I guess that guy, Harrison Ford is going to be the same age that guy was when yes. he did that show for the fifth indiana jones movie I, that show was bad yeah <laughs> uh, i bought all the dvd they put all the dvds out when kingdom of the crystal yeah we well, were very out. loyal i could not finish the series um the funniest thing was uh that old guy so the show was tanking in the ratings yeah so out of desperation george lucas called harrison ford and was like would you could you be indiana jones in one episode and they had an episode ready to go, and they were like, we'll strip out the old guy, and we'll rewrite it so you're a middle-aged Indiana Jones. But like, but each one of those episodes would start with the old guy going like, he would be yelling at his 90s grandkids. It was weird. And they always, every episode looked like a Sunny D commercial. Yeah. Where it was like this very suburban thing. He's like, you kids and your Sunny D, when I was a kid, we had to drink lemonade. And then we'd flash back to, you know, Prague, 1918. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they had an episode ready to go and they said, we'll scrap the old guy stuff and we'll shoot you in one set. And then the story is like Indiana Jones is running from these guys in the snow and he gets trapped in a cabin and he sees like a saxophone. He's like, I remember when I was in Chicago playing the saxophone and then they cut to like, uh, the guy from the boondock saints who played Indiana Jones playing, playing saxophone for an hour. And it was terrible. Yeah. But my favorite thing about it is when they asked Harrison Ford to do it, he was shooting the fugitive. So Harrison Ford has this big ass Richard Kimball beard. So it's the one it's the one time you see Indiana Jones with a beard. And the the only reason he has it is because he was doing the fugitive. And they So did, he actually did do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's an episode um of him sitting around playing a saxophone with a, with the big Richard Kimball beard. Yeah. Because they hadn't gotten to the point where he shaved that off. Wow. Uh That's weird. It's it's <laughs> weird. It's weird, man. <laughs> so 
I don't know how we got there. I don't. Oh, we were talking about. Uh, They're making yeah. a sequel to everything. Yeah, but I um all with Will Smith searching for it. Suicide Squad, I feel like was part of that. Was yeah. like I'll he make, wanted to be like in a big action movie. I'll make another Men in Black. Nah, it didn't do that well. I like the third Men in Black a lot. Yeah, that's really kind of charming. That's the movie where I really started to like Josh Brolin. Yeah, that turned a corner for me because I never liked Josh Brolin until Men in Black Three. He does a great Tommy Lee Jones he in really it. Really does. If you haven't seen Men in Black Three, yeah, watch it to see Tommy Lee, to see Josh Brolin and do Tommy Lee Jones. Pie. Pie's good. Yeah, I like pie. <laughs> um, and you know what? That was a good bet to make because, man, 2018 is the year of Josh Brolin. Oh, because he did Cable, Cable and, and Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. And they're both fantastic performances. But I feel like Suicide Squad was like, all right, Men in Black didn't work. Will Smith's like, all right, I'll be in one of these superhero movies and I'll be one of nine guys. Yeah. And then he's in one of the worst ones. Right. Well, so. that's the thing, too, because James Gunn's coming back to do Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. So it's like. So he's going to turn that I, into Guardians I of the really Galaxy. I really think he's going to turn this, that movie way around. Like, I think people are going to be, like, really uh, excited for that. Yeah. And, you know, James Gunn directing Will Smith and Margot Robbie's decent. I don't yeah, think she's I, a great Harley Quinn, but she's no, she's good, good. in it. Yeah, she's she's I think underrated, and I think it's like the problem with the Harley Quinn is like it's over sexualized. You know? I don't like that she's sexualized at all. Right, I mean, you go back to the animated series, and she's in pajamas. Right, she's cute in the animated series. Right. She's not sexy. She's she tries to act sexy to the Joker, and it doesn't work. First of all, it's a kids show. Yeah, so there's only how much it could work. But it's like like when she. In Mad Love, when she comes out of the pudding, yeah, it's gross. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not sexy at all. And it's, yeah, honestly, uh, she. You know who she is? She's um, she's Bugs Bunny. Yeah, she's supposed to be played like Bugs Bunny. You know, well, uh, Amanda Carner and Jimmy Palmiotti write her as Girl Deadpool, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, it works, and that works. But she's not that sexy in that. No, it's the Arkham games that did it. Yeah, she was dressed as a sexy nurse in Arkham City. And they like ran with it, and, and it's like, yeah. Well, we've talked about this. It was very clear when New Fifty Two decided to do new designs of everybody. Oh, they, they got to the Batman villains it. and they were just like, I oh, just do the game. Everybody likes the yeah. game and I don't want to pay Jason Fabok to design 50 characters. Yeah. So, and then she was kind of sexy in that. So she was sexy in this. Then they get this hot Australian model who was banging Leonardo DiCaprio in the Wolf of Wall Street to be Harley. So they're not going to put her in pajamas. Right. I think there's one shot of her and it looks dumb. Yeah. Yeah, but I could see, and there's nothing saying that James Gunn can't scrap the rest of the cast and be like, yeah, the new team right. is Bronze Tiger. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about Suicide Squad is is that it can be a different team every time, you be, know what I mean? It well, doesn't have to be the same guy. Yeah, because the original John Ostrander comic was, hey, a bunch of guys are going to die in every story. Right, and I think it's like, you know, keep Margot Roddy, or whatever her name is, and keep Robbie. Will Smith... And then, yeah, just cast a bunch of idiots as, like, D-list DC villains, who there are a plenty of them, and kill off guys like Kite Man and all these other dopes, you know? Yeah. So, we're, we're actually at an hour. Um, we did it! Yay! yay! Back into the cold, you go. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I think the, the, the way to wrap this up is, um, I think the real legacy of superhero movies is not that they get nominated for Oscars, uh, or that may, someday one will win. You know, yeah, there's maybe, enough of them coming out. Maybe Dark Knight should have won, uh, but it wasn't nominated. But I think the real legacy is everybody that wins an Oscar then goes and makes a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I I think it's so funny that um, Mashir Ali, like, went from Black Panther, who he's only in half the episodes of season one, to winning an Oscar for Moonlight. Yeah. Like, you know, Glenn Close is in this. Uh you know, Kate Blanchett has done one. Tilda Swinton has done one. Uh, Michael Douglas has done two. Yeah. Like, there's nobody 
that superheroes can't get. Tom Hardy has done two different supervillains. Right. You know, Benicio Del Toro's in it. Like, it's Jeff Goldblum. Ve- it's Jeff Goldblum. It's very hard. Anthony Hopkins. Like, Danny DeVito. Yeah, can you name... Can you Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, how many great actors can you name... Woody Harrelson was just carnage. <laughs> yeah. I think it's something where it's like they're but, making enough of them and it's like it's it's uh they're going to make money, you know? Yeah. It's like they're always going to make money. It's like it's just nice that they can And they're going to make so much money that they can pay top talent to right. be in this. The days of turning down super movies from whenever that was a thing years ago, that doesn't exist anymore. No one's turning down any super movie role, you know? Right. In fact, a lot of people want to be in them. Gwyneth Paltrow even said like for the first Iron Man, she she like took some years off to have kids, and she was like, "Yeah, I think this will be the best movie for me to come back." Yeah, because people are going to see it, right? And look how many. I mean, she's the number one. Well, maybe aside from Nick Fury, she's the biggest supporting cast that's still making the movies. Yeah, because she's been. She's in... going to be rescue in Endgame. Really? Yeah, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, because she's done at least six. I mean, she's right? in every all, Iron she, Man movie, and she's all been in Iron every Man's, Avengers movie. No, she was not in Age of Ultron, because oh, there's right. that scene about her and Jane Foster. So she's in one and three in Avengers. She's in Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Yeah, and as you say, she'll be in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, I wish we could bring Jeff Bridges back. There's another guy, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Man, he's so good in Iron Man 1. I was just having this he's conversation great. with somebody. Yeah, he and it's uh, because it's the first one, you know, it's like so long ago, you kind of forget all these villains and yeah, everything. But... He was one of the best villains we've had. It's like, oh, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, when when back when we were saying there were no good Marvel villains before the days of Thanos. Yeah. I was like, nope, there was Jeff Bridges. I was yeah. just having a conversation with somebody who's never seen Iron Man 1. Wow. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you should see it because Robert Downey Jr., is Tony Stark right away. Yeah. Like, it's not like one's okay and then two he gets good. Like, he knows that character, but I'm like, you should see Iron Man 1 for Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Because Jeff Bridges is always good, but he's particularly good in Iron Man 1 in like... Well, I think it's because there's there's no baggage with the first Iron Man movie. Well, also the turn he takes. You know? Like, you know, I'm... Spoiler for Iron Man 1. Uh, Obadiah Stane turns out to be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, But he's he makes that turn from the mentor character to the villain... I never saw it coming. Yeah. And I believe him in both. Yeah. Like, you he know. works in both roles. Yeah, like, you know, like in the beginning, it was like, was one of those for me? Brought some pizza. Yeah. You know, like, Come I on, buy that. <laughs> and it's not that sinister. Like, I, I constantly give Michael Keaton props about how he doesn't wink at the audience of like, hey, it used to be Batman. And yeah. Now it's Birdman. Now I'm the vulture. Like, he just plays that guy. That's what Jeff Bridges does. Yeah. But Jeff Bridges plays that guy of like, eh, I love Tony, but fuck you. Yeah. He's, you know, one of the best performances in maybe any Marvel movie. And the guy's got his Lifetime Achievement Award, and he has an Oscar. Yeah, good for him. Well, if you want to talk about who else deserves an Oscar, um, Robert Downey Jr., I don't think, has an Oscar yet. Um, he didn't win for... Um, uh, uh, Zodiac? Chaplin. He, no. That's crazy. No. Uh, he was nominated for Zodiac, I believe, as supporting. Wow. But I don't think he won. Um, there's a lot of people. You know, I think eventually Chris Evans will probably be make something that'll that'll get oscar notice honestly probably he's very good directing maybe he's segueing into directing after endgame yeah so there's, he says there's a there's a lot of good people let us know there's lots of ways to let us know you can follow me at not in my book and on instagram uh that is both of them and then you can also follow us on facebook facebook.com slash caffeinated comics where we post all the news stories we posted all the nominees this week so if you want to know um what what the favorite is uh, nominated for? Let us know. Rachel Weiss and Olivia Coleman and Emma Stone. Oh, it's like oh, 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 it's like two British girls and a girl playing British. 
uh, you can, uh, check us out there. We post all the stories there. And Stephen, how do we follow you? And how do you follow the show? You can find me at the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. Uh, we are part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. We're very proud members. Uh, we're on the Lifestyle tab. It's easy to find. And you can follow us, the show, you can find on iTunes and Stitcher and um, yeah. Spotify. Yay! I did it. <laughs> I, I'll nominate you for that. Thank you. 